Alex Davis here from Bath Rugby. Don't dodge the issue. Good evening and welcome to episode 20 of In Inside. I'm Dom Harbin and it's just me and Neil tonight. And we are joined by the man who does this. Yes, of course, it's Bath fly half Alex Davies. How are you tonight, Alex? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good. How are you, um, how are you keeping busy on this uh, downtime period? Uh, I'm actually pretty busy, to be honest. We, uh, <laughs> my wife and I picked up a puppy probably four weeks ago now, so uh, we got her just in time, for, just before lockdown hit, so to be honest, she's keeping us on our toes. Um, what breed puppy is it? And, uh, it's a black lab. Oh, nice. Lab, yeah. yeah, she's lovely. She, uh, she's very well-behaved, 95% of the time. Um, <laughs> And then apart from that, we just got some uh, home circuits. We got some like a training program to stick to. Um, just while all this is going on, really. Um, so yeah, pretty busy. So yeah, how is the uh, how is the club sort of approaching? Obviously, they've sort of uh, clarified more on a return uh, yesterday. Um, you know, you and you get like you say, you get your plans. You know, is there any prep for returning to full time training as of yet? Um. <sighs> I think there's no official date for us to, you know, to, to be called back into training as yet. Uh, I'm sure once things, a lot of stuff has been confirmed with the RPA, the PRL, and the RFU, once that's officially been confirmed, I'm sure we'll be notified. But um, the SNC staff and the club are really good to stay in touch with everyone. We've all been put in to little groups and we've been given a mentor for each group to keep on track of our, our training. Uh, you know, our, our well-being and stuff like that. So the club's doing everything in its power to make sure that we're prepared for whenever that date is that we go back into training. Perfect. That's great. So um, we'll just have a little chat about your career. Obviously, starting off at uh, Plymouth um, yeah. and obviously rising through. So how did that opportunity come about then, moving down to Plymouth? Um, well, I, I was at university... Uh, <coughs> Liverpool, John Moores, and I was playing for Waterloo at the time, who were in National One, which was now the championship. Um, I was only 19, 20 years old, I think, and I'd played against uh, Plymouth Albion a couple of times, and the coach there, Graham Door, rang me um, and just asked if I'd be interested in going down. Uh, it was a pretty big decision, because I'd had to have, um, leave university. Um, <laughs> which my mum wasn't too impressed by, but yeah. um, I've got two older brothers and my middle brother had made as a professional replay and I was just desperate to do the same really, so I would have uh, really regretted it if I hadn't taken it, so that's how that sort of came about really. Um, I had three years down there under Graham Door, which was um, very interesting to say the least. <laughs> he had a very unique way of coaching, but um, I, I, could, I appreciate it more so now. More so now, uh, the older I am, uh, I appreciate his his tactics, his knowledge of the game. Um, you know, we we played a certain way, and you know, we it, it suited the way we suited the team we had, really. Okay. Obviously, years you played, um, you've played for many teams. You've obviously played in many different games, many different competitions. What sort of would stick out to you? What is your sort of you know, thing that you take home to the bank and think, oh, you know, that, that still makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. What's your best rugby experience in that sense? Oh, it's really interesting that um, just the other day, one of my friends, um, Matt Riley, sent me uh, a programme of me playing for Sale Jets, which was, God knows, 
like when I was 17, so going back like 16 years now. Yeah. Um, and it was the first time, because my brother was at sale at the time in the first team, and was just coming back from injury. Mm. Um, and we both started a game against Leicester, which we drew 13 all, which um, for me, that's my best rugby experience. Um, one that I still look back. And when, when I saw the programme the other day, he sent me, I couldn't believe it. So yeah. um, I, I got two copies and probably going to send one to my brother as well. Um, but yeah, that was a, one of the most like, an amazing experience to play with my brother. I never thought I'd ever do that. Yeah. Um, even though it wasn't, you know, a championship final or, or you know, my premiership debut, I still feel that's probably my most enjoyable and memorable game, really. Um, it was quite emotional. And, um, there was some, some like, Richard Cockrell was playing for Leicester at Hooker and Jim Hamilton was wow. playing in the second row, so we're going nice. back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ben Foden was playing as well, I think, so we've gone going back quite a few years. Oh, wow. That was probably the one that gives me the fondest memories. Obviously, there's, you know, winning the championship twice is, you know, a really proud moment for me. Not many people actually win things in rugby, which mm. I've obviously grown to to sort of like understand as I've got older. It's it's tough. You may win games and lose games, but to actually win something, win silverware is pretty tough. So to win the championship twice is um, is really I'm really proud of. And we nearly made it a third time with Leeds, but we just got picked by London Irish. So there's there's plenty of um, good memories there, definitely. So, yeah, so you talk about, obviously, winning the championship. What is the steps? You know, you obviously win the championship. I imagine you have a bit of a, bit of a lash up after. Um, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, but what's then the process of preparing for the premiership the next season onwards? Because, obviously, you know, it's great that you win the championship, but then, you know, the next goal, I presume, is to stay up in the premiership. Yeah, definitely. Well, my first year, we, um, we had a coach called Lynn Jones, who's probably, well, is the best coach I've had. Um, just tactically very smart, very smart, smart coach. Um, but I always have a little trick playing there to beat teams and it would always seem to come off. Because I think the, the first year we got promoted, we'd won like four games before Christmas. Um, so we were on like a really good, a good start. And then we had some issues with um, registration with, Tyson, with a player, Tyson Keats, and we sort of free-fall from there. But um, yeah, it, it, it was tough because I think the first year we got promoted, we had to go through uh, court to appeal it because we weren't allowed up because our ground wasn't sufficient and it took. So we, although we'd won the championship, we just weren't sure if we were actually going to go up. So I think we won the appeal and went up. Um, and it was, yeah, an amazing experience. But then obviously you enjoyed it for a couple of days winning the championship and then it sort of hit you. You know, you're playing against Saracens, Gloucester away, you know, the these places are, every game is just like a cup final for us, especially yeah. coming up, no one gives us a chance in hell, really. Yeah, you mentioned, um, so to, oh, sorry, I didn't, no, carry on, sorry. No, no, sorry. No, no, no just, I was just, just, you mentioned Gloucester away, I just thought I'd jump in there, because I don't know if you've noticed the accent, but I'm a Gloucester fan. Um, yeah. how, how difficult is it to play in front of the shed? Because uh, us shed heads pride ourselves in thinking we oh. give everyone a hard time. <laughs> you're not a shedhead. You go to eight games a season. You're not a shedhead. Um, I I really enjoy it to be honest. I quite like that that sort of you know bit. Of, you know they give you a bit of stick and you sort of got to take it on the chin because yeah. if you're act, that's what, exactly what they want. So, but to be honest, it, the only times I really hear it is in the warmer. Yes, yeah. because 
you know, you're warming up and the game game hasn't sort of kicked off. So, you, you know, you, you don't have time to think in games so what the crowd shout and so on. But in the warm-up, you can definitely hear it. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I really enjoy the, you know, you get the old comment chucked in, which makes you laugh, to be honest. I think I remember playing Gloucester away uh, for London Welsh and I only got probably 20 minutes at the end and after the game we have to do some fitness because I only played a certain amount of minutes. Yeah. Um, and I was, it was just me so I was just doing some running at the end and literally about 10 minutes into my running session I was napping. Uh, a Gloucester fan came out of the box and, and shouted, hey mate, the game finished 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I... Um, I was annoyed for about two seconds and then found it hilarious. But um, yeah, I quite like that, 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 you know, you get a bit of stick. I don't mind that at all. That's good. Always makes it more interesting when you go to places like that, doesn't it? It's, would no, you say it does. one of the worst places or is there somewhere much worse that you think that we're going to get some stick to this? Um, there's some grounds in the championship which are pretty tough and I wouldn't really want to. Uh, I know Cornish Pirates have played Red Roof away, which is pretty, you know, pretty hostile places to go down. Everyone's friendly, but. Um, you know, obviously friendly people, but once the game starts, you sort of hear the heckling a bit more. There's a lot more going on in Premiership games to sort of hear yeah. the individual stuff. But in the Championship, there's not, you know, there's no um, tannoys, there's no music. So you, you hear pretty much everything. So <laughs> I'd say glosses up there, especially in warm-up here. Obviously, the donkey noises come if you drop a ball. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, no, it's all fun. Perfect. Well, I took I Dom there. Experienced a proper stadium, didn't you, Dom, rather than... Uh... You know, going to Bath all the time, took him in the shed. He absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> I can imagine in the, if you're in there having a few beers, it's really, it's really good fun. <laughs> depends, depends what the result is, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, true. <clears throat> Obviously, with Dodger Sevens, we, uh, we're linked heavily to Marshall in Men's Minds, which is, you know, um, making <clears throat> awareness a thing you know trying to get out in the limelight which obviously I know a lot more teams yeah. in, in general life are concentrating more on um, yeah we spoke with our previous guest which uh, I think it was Lewis Ludlow said that there is a really good structure in place in the premiership for you know mental health awareness not just that but support uh, you know the support of the RPA and that sort of thing is there a similar structure in the championship is it is, is, is it as good is it lacking or do you think that there's a way to go um, I think there's certainly a way to go in the championship with, with a lot of things. Um, basics of just your contracts uh, or, you know, you, some of the stories and experiences I've had in the championship. So, you know, mental health's only really started to kick in the premiership the past year to 18 months, really. Um, the championship is way off, I think, in a lot of stuff, funding, contracts, you know, the, you know, there's some of the clauses in there that I've, I've had or had friends that I've had in there. If they're injured for three games, they get sacked. You know, it's just um, it's crazy. So, that, yeah. that must affect their mental health. If that does end up happening, that must have a knock-on effect as well. Because if you can imagine if, if these young players are getting dropped for things like that, then, you know, they, you can, I imagine a lot of them spiral and, and suffer massively with mental health. Is that is that a thing? Is that a lot of players struggling with that? Yeah, definitely. Oh, 100%. There's... Um, a lot of people in the in the championship that are really battling. Wages aren't anywhere near the Premiership wages. Yeah. Um, and then if people have got mortgages, kids, and then you know you've got some injury clause in your contract, which a club's just decided to chuck in. Yeah. You know, it's tough. For, people always say, "Well, don't sign it," but then if you, you know you're desperate to play, you know, full-time professional rugby, <clears throat> you yeah. fancy a chance yeah. to sign it. You know, play a good couple of games, get picked up, but. Um, it's really tough. I've obviously 
I spent eight years in the championship and I've got friends still playing up now at Doncaster and especially now with the funding being cut for next year, I know clubs are, clubs are pulling all sorts of injury clauses on people and getting boys have been sacked already and it's just, um, it's hard and yeah, I, from a mental point of view, it must be, <clears throat> must be horrendous to sort of deal with, especially now being in lockdown as well. Yeah. Um, must be a really tough time. I think in the Premiership, it's got a lot better. I know with Bath, um, myself, Chris Cook, Max Clark, and Alan Brew, we took a mental health, health first aid course uh, about November, November, yeah, November time. Um, I think we were the first. Bath was the first club to implement that, and that was um, that was uh, really intense. Um, a lot of live. Situations dealing with depression, suicide, and you know, the, it was pretty tough. But I'm one of the most amazing things I've done. It was incredible. We're all now like mental health first aiders, so yeah. we know what to look for. We, you know, we're someone that the boy at the club can go to and speak to in confidence and just have a chat and go for a beer or, or a coffee, you know, and just have those conversations. I think it's huge. It really is. That is amazing. And, and I was, you kind of touched on it there, but I was going to ask is, does it sort of train you into spotting? Because someone will always tell you that they're having problems. Someone won't always. Of course, know, yeah. But it, but it obviously uh, spot them. Yeah, and especially at such a match sport as rugby, you know, I think that it's. It, you sort of know, like, uh, I think as the older you get and you sort of spot people who are a bit bit down or, or you know if it's not if it's just your day everyone has the bad a bad day you know everyone yeah. doesn't sleep well or get into work in a bit of a mood had a rubbish session mm. you know all this sort of stuff can contribute but if someone's continuously down depressed not socializing outside of rugby making excuses not to meet meet up or yeah. um not showing energy you know, around the place then you, you know you pick up on those things and it's you know it's just nice that i think there's a couple of boys around the club that will, you know, we look for those things and we can say, oh, how are you, mate? All right. How's, how's the missus? You know, how's the kids? Just to have that, open those conversations. You know, you might, you might shoot me down and you might say, yeah, I'm all good. But then, you know, I can go back the next day or two days later and ask the same thing. And you might, you might say then, yeah, oh, but yeah, I had a terrible couple of days. And, yeah. um, I think the course is incredible. I think more clubs have started doing it now. Um, but it was really intense and I was, yeah, one of the most amazing things I've done. Brilliant. Nice. Fantastic. If, if every club had a mental health ambassador, you know, went on this course, I think it would help not just, you know, premiership, but championship and downwards as well. Um, it helped massively because, um, I mean, do you find that a lot of players when they retire uh, struggle um, or do you think all, they have it all mapped out? Yeah, definitely. And um, I'm obviously coming towards that end of my career now. And, um, That's not why I said it, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I've seen, yeah, I've definitely seen my, my, my brother struggled with um, mm. you know, mental health when he retired and this was going back. But he, he retired 29 for injury. Um, he, yeah, he retired 29 for injury and he's probably seven, eight years old, uh, seven years older than me. So it's back then would be even worse. And with, you know, the stigma of just home of it yeah. back then was even worse than it is now, you know? So, and he, he struggled massively. He didn't have much outside of rugby. Whereas yeah. now there's a huge emphasis on, you know, the RPA do, do a fantastic job um, giving you some tools that then, you know, you take upon yourself to develop it further um, yeah. to make sure you are, 
doing stuff outside rugby because it's easy, it's easy to um, stay in this little bubble of rugby. I think yeah. it's going to last forever, and then you know one day it, it can all be taken away from you. And I had a bad knee injury, which sort of kicked, kicked me into gear to sort of you know I need to be a bit more proactive outside of rugby because it's not. Although I, you know I love rugby, I love training, coaching. Um, when when I got my first injury, I didn't really have much outside of rugby, so I really felt the effects of it. Yeah. Um, mm. So that you know that was a, a pretty low point, but um, the help of the RPA then you know kickstarted me to do you know all you know all, all sorts of stuff that I'm doing now outside of rugby. Perfect. And is it yeah. something you can talk about? What is it you're looking to go into after you you know? Uh, co- you know, coaching is, is definitely what I want to go into. I'll probably in the past. Six, seven years now I've been coaching I set up um, a coaching business which we do half term and summer camps okay. with uh, boys and girls aged between 7 to 14 so with my business partner Alan who he used to play with me at London Welsh um, he's now head of rugby at uh, Magdalen College in Oxford um, so for the past seven years we've been doing that so we run that we are running that around London Welsh when I moved to Ealing we did it there went to Leeds, we run it there. He's now in Oxford and I'm in Bath, so we do them now simultaneously. Um, so that's just got bigger and bigger, which has been a really good like, like outlet outside of rugby. Um, I'm a level to level three badges, I'm director of rugby. Well, I was there at rugby at Old Red Cliffians, which is a national two. Mm-hmm. This year, I was backs coach last year. Um, I've got my own kicking business, so I'm pretty, pretty busy there. <laughs> Outside of rugby, a lot of the time, boys will just see me shooting off after training and going coaching like a couple of clients, um, or I'm off, you know, Tuesday, Thursday nights down at Old Reds. So it's um, yeah, it's pretty pretty busy. <laughs> but I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. In terms of your, no, go on, Tom. There you go, go. <laughs> I'll say in terms of you know you, the clubs you play for and the, and and who you play rugby for. Uh, we've been asking a lot of our guests recently to name what you call like a dream 15. So a 15 okay. players and you have to have either at least played with them or against them. Oh God, you put me on the spot. <laughs> we like putting people on the spot. It's great. <laughs> if you don't want do to do have to name a full 15. Uh, you guys have to do a full. Okay. Just a backline then if that's easier. Okay. A backline will be good. Backline will be good. <clears throat> um, oh God. Even that's tough. I'm going to miss out some people or upset some people. <laughs> um, I think scrum half, I'd say either Puri Weepu or Tyson Keats. They, we, they were at London Welsh uh, with me. And I think Puri was obviously coming towards the end of his career, but the, his knowledge of the game was, was, was crazy. And he spent any spare time that I asked him, he would be with me coaching. He'd come on his days off. We'd go down the club and do a lot. But he was always there to help, so... I'd say with Tyson, Tyson was like a ball of energy. Um, I think he played, obviously, super rugby, a lot of super rugby hurricanes, crusaders, um, which I love, I love playing with outside and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm one of those two at nine. Um, at 10, I'd probably, I would say, Reese Reese in the back, you know. Yeah. I think I know a lot in the early years of his career, he got quite a lot of stick when he was playing for Wales, but... Um, Sometimes you don't get a full picture of someone unless you train them, train them every day. And he's one of the best team players you you know yeah. I've ever I've ever come across. His um his work ethic and he's very diligent and 
he's always there to help others, always doing extras, um, always trying to drive the club to be better, all the, try, try and drive the players to be better as well. So he, he you know, he, I love training with him and, and watching him. Yeah. Um, centers. Uh, I'd probably say Ben Smith. Uh, I played at Ben Smith out in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was he was third. I played ten. He was thirteen. So he was. Um, I think he was just doing the New Zealand seven stuff then. Um, he hadn't really kicked into the All Blacks, but I think a couple of years later he was at Highlands. Well, he was playing Highlands anyway, but yeah, he was electric for someone that young then um, and his strength. So yeah, he'd be thirteen. Twelve is a tough one. I played him a couple of good. I played against Felipe Contaperami. Um, yeah, I've never. I've never seen a display like it. I know, you know, you think you you half decent at rugby, and you think you played against some players, but it was just no, everything he did came off. Yeah. His 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 skill set under pressure. And his speed of, 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 of four was, you know, three, four phases ahead of everyone else. He was playing for Stade Francais at the time. He was 10, but I put him at 12. Um, ben Smith um, at 13. I'd say Anthony Watson at fullback as well. He, uh, yeah, he, I forget how young he is. But I really do. Yeah. I, I think he's 24, 25. And you have to have so many England caps already and Lions tours. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. And the injuries, he's had a tough, obviously, two years since I joined Bath. He had tough two years of injuries, but he's another one. His work ethic um, outside of the game, um, his rehab, uh, he's just unbelievably diligent and wants to do well, like really wants to do well and wants everyone else to be at the same standard. So um, his footwork's unbelievable. So uh, he, you know, sent people in, in a phone box. So I'd say he was 15. Um, wingers, there's a lot of Baffadons, a good few wingers. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to put Jonah Holmes on a wing. Jonah Holmes, when I was playing up at uh, Yorkshire Carnegie, he, um, it was like many of his boys sometimes used to give the ball to Jonah. If we were, you know, desperate for a try or trying to get back into the game somehow, we'd just try and feed him the ball because he's such a strong runner, like a really, really good athlete. So he was a very strong one, obviously. He's now, you know, in the Welsh squad and deservedly so. Um, yeah, he was re- he was really good to play. We'd get, get us out of a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, one more winger. From the Welsh. Um, I probably missed a few. I'm going to say either Rory McConaughey or mm. Big Joe. I, I, yeah, one of the two. Joe's a freak of an athlete and the size of him and the way he can move is unbelievable. Um, you know, he can do stuff that other wings just won't be able to do. He reminds me a lot of like a big Leslie Van Acolo. Yeah. Um, I used to be a big Bradford Bulls fan growing up, so he, he reminds me of him a little bit. Um, and Rory, I really enjoyed Rory's obviously story coming from the Sevens background. Um, we actually joined Bath like pretty much the same time and we're pretty close. Um, and not just that, he's actually he's a great guy as well. There's a lot outside of rugby for charities, um, for mental health, yeah. raising money. Um, yeah, he, he does a lot outside of rugby. Um, but also, I just love the way he took his chance at Bath. And, you know, not many people yeah. can go sevens to 15 to make such an impact. 
and then get yeah, stuck into the World Cup. And, yeah, he, yeah, that story is is awesome, and it's nothing you know, nothing he didn't deserve because he just trains really hard. Um, he's hundred percent all the time. So I'd probably say that would that would be my backline. And I apologise if I missed a few people out. Yeah, no, it's all good. I'm sure. I'm sure you get a few text messages when this goes up. You miss me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> now, the normal, the normal next question is who would be the best manager? But you know, you touched on it earlier. Is it Lynn Jones, best manager? You yeah, have? I'd probably say Lynn Jones. Or we had a coach called Jimmy Lowe's uh, at Leeds. Who, um, I know we had a huge rugby league background. So the detail around certain stuff, how we wanted to play, his detail was really good. Yeah. Um, but both of them are really good characters, mm. which is what I enjoyed the most. Um, they were really funny, <laughs> always cracking jokes. Um, they made training fun. They were, they were just outside the box in everything they did, which for me is really good for me to learn enough as a, co- as a young coach now. Um, but those two are probably my best coaches I worked on. And they had, um, both of them had this... Uh, I always say it's like a superpower that I never wanted to let them down when I went on the field. And I always just wanted to play for them. They, I always wanted to give 110%. If I had a bad game, I'd, I'd feel awful for them. I feel like I'd let them down, which I think is, is huge. You're doing something right if, if, as a coach, you've got your players who want to do that for you. It's like your favourite teacher at school, isn't it? You don't want to get told off. Yeah, by pretty it. much. Yeah. <laughs> we, all, we all have that. Pretty much. Devastated when they do actually repeat. Yeah. <laughs> we do well. um, yeah, as a definitely. Fan, um, I'm really excited about the prospect of next year. Um, obviously, the back line's changed a little bit. Uh, Johnny May going mm-hmm. back. Um, yeah, great signing. Do you see them being a bit more of an issue with him and Cipriani and you know some of the other guys they got there? They're always a handful. You know, I I really like Mark Atkinson at twelve. I think he's really underrated. And he's been doing he's been doing it for a couple of years. I played with Mark against Mark for a couple of years in the championship. And he was doing things at Isha back then when they were in when they were in National One Championship and then Bedford. Um, he's been at Wasp as well. Like he's been around for a long time. He's just so underrated. But you know, he can carry contact and his offloading game is really good. So I think Gloucester have always been notoriously a dangerous team, a back line that can score tries. Either uh, even when James Bailey was there, I used to live with James uh, a little bit when I was in the Welsh. Um, back in those days, there were some videos that surfaced recently of them scoring tries from their own trial line. I think Gloucester have always been a dangerous team. Yeah. Um, and I really like the, the aggression they now bring to the game with, with Ackerman mm. as their coach. I think he obviously brought a couple of South African players, which then just brings that abrasiveness to, to their game. And their, their breakdown was ferocious, you know. Mm. They just blast past it. And then with Cipriani, I think, is one of the best tens in England. Um, uh, pulling the strings when he's on his day, he, you know, he's unplayable. You know? Yeah, perfect. So I think they're going to be a huge handful. <clears throat> They've got Foley, Reese Samet, Johnny May, uh, you know, the, the back line is very special. <laughs> look, at the, look at the smile on his face. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I bet you can't. We went to the, we went to the uh, Gloucester Bath game last year. That's where I took Dom to Gloucester, broke his cherry. And, uh, oh, okay. Good day. Do you have to use that phrase? Oh, sorry, Dom. <laughs> break you in. <laughs> Lose your virginity. We're not cutting that out. Um, <laughs> right, I've got one more, I've got one more uh, scenario for you, uh, Alex. Right, 
This yeah. is what I've been asking to everyone recently. It is lockdown based, but it is also rugby based. So, mm-hmm. uh, situation you're on lockdown for two weeks, right? You have to be on lockdown with one player, right? You can't, you can't go out the flat at all, out the house at all. You're having food brought to you. Um, you've got to stay in there two weeks solid. Who would make it an absolute living hell? Which player would you leave? Living hell. <clears throat> living hell. Yeah. Which player would you least like to be locked down with and why? Oh, God. There's a... You're under the bus here, haven't you? <laughs> there's a couple because... Oh, I don't know. I don't, I'm very clean. I don't like messy, messy people. So if, if people are messy, like, like I love Tom Dunn, but he's the messiest guy in the world. <laughs> he, he's a typical front row. His locker is just a mess. And he's, he's a, a great guy and a, obviously a really good, you know, ex- exceptional player. But I think it'd be tough to live with Donny for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, tough to live with anyone for two weeks. But I, I get what you're saying. The tidiness, I think it would push you over the edge, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think that would get to me first. That's what gets me early on. Yeah. Uh, I think plates left, all that sort of stuff. So I think, yeah, that would get me. That would get me rather. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then flip it. Who would you, who would you love in two weeks lockdown with? Who would make it a laugh? Uh, Elliot Stu could make it a laugh. He's just full of energy. Um, yeah, he, he's probably a bit too much energy sometimes, but, you know, night, night. Ideal. Well, that's, okay. that's, uh, that's all for me. I've got no other questions, but I uh, really yeah. appreciate you talking to you, Alex. It's uh, you know, a pleasure. No, no, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Great to have you on. Perfect. This is Damien McGrath, head coach of the German Rugby Sevens. Don't dodge the issue.